0: Welcome to Hanksy Panksy Horror Hut, a podcast of a spooky variety. Within another podcast, because of the wee baby Keanu, I'm Luke Patrick, and this week we watched, well, shit, I fucked it up, (laughs) because I said my name, which means you have to say your name.
1: I'm Jackie (laughs) Zolagy.
0: Perfect. (laughs) This week we watched 1992's Candyman.
1: Hell yeah, we did.
0: Oh, uh, And that's all that my throat will allow for that voice. So,
1: And I am going to keep track of how many times we say it, just in case.
0: Mm. Okay, yeah, things might get spicy. <laughs> uh, there's no mirror in here, though. There's no mirror. There's windows. Hmm. But yeah, that, I don't
1: know what the rules are about that.
0: I think you specifically burst through bathroom medicine cabinet, medicine cabinet w- mirrors. Mirror yeah it seems like a really niche market to me but <laughs> yeah um yeah so we watched 1992's Candyman again folks welcome back to the horror hut uh we're still doing this uh while sam is on parental leave uh he'll be back uh, eventually uh giving him plenty of time with the wee baby keanu and uh yeah what's uh well first off welcome back jackie how's uh how you how you doing today
1: i'm Doing pretty good. I had my first day of a new job today, so I'm a little like punch drunk, exhausted from meeting about a thousand people and shaking many, many hands. Everyone was great, loving the whole team, but uh, yeah, it's just sort of a roller coaster of a day. Love that.
0: Love that energy. We here on Hanksy Panksy thrive on that kind of chaotic punch drunk energy. Oh, yeah uh it's
1: good podcasting
0: it's great podcasting good audio uh yeah so what's uh what's up with candy man for you what's uh what's your relationship to uh candy man
1: we're already up to three you are rushing this well i Wait, hey,
0: we're gonna get past five <laughs> yeah
1: we are <laughs> um, <laughs> unless
0: right now we decide we'll refer to it as like man of the sweets or something
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, I think there was at least, like, one Macbeth reference in there. So I feel like we could do, like, the the Scottish play, but the Chicago movie or something. I don't know. Let's um, just call him
0: Mr. Macbeth.
1: Mr. Macbeth. Mr. Okay.
0: Macbeth. Uh, yeah,
1: my relationship with Mr. Macbeth. Um, I, I don't remember. I think I first watched it uh, at some point because... I had heard that like it's one of the must-see horror classics and it was one of the greatest. And I think that actually detracted from the movie somewhat. I definitely Mm. went in with like sky-high expectations, uh, which it doesn't matter how good a movie is. No movie has ever benefited from sky-high expectations. Very true. Um, So I think that was just the one time I watched it. I don't know that I've watched it since. I have like read people writing about it and talked to people about it and stuff. So it's not like the only time it's ever come up in my life, but I, I had only seen this once before uh, and I liked it. I don't want to like say that that first watch was totally ruined. It was just, I think, uh, I, I went in not really in the right headspace for it the first time, I would say. Much better headspace this time.
0: Nice. Yeah, so this is watch number two for you? Yes. For Mr. Macbeth? Okay. How about you? Um. Similarly, I had always heard that Mr. Macbeth was a phenomenal horror movie, uh, and I just I had sort of lumped it together in the pantheon of slasher films of, like, Halloweens it's, and Friday the 13th. A lot
1: of people list it as a slasher.
0: Yeah, it's like a we classic. we can talk about,
1: whether it is yes. or not. Yes,
0: I am so eager to have that discussion because... I'm kind of thinking it's its own thing, but we'll dig into that. Yeah. So I just, it was on my radar and I never saw it. Uh, I knew there was something with bees and a guy with <laughs> a hook for a hand. I knew the roughly the plot actually now I'm thinking about it. Hmm. Um, not like the specifics of like what happens to our final girl, Helen. Yeah. Um, et cetera. But I, I sort of had the, out the sketch of like who Mr. Macbeth was, uh, and what his whole deal was. Um, So yeah, lovely time. We did have to give Jeffrey Beesbo some of our cash in exchange for the DVD because, folks, it's a nightmare out there with the streaming services these days. Yeah. I know this is, like, so far down the list of priorities for fixing shit, but uh, good God, it would be nice. I mean,
1: reigning in (laughs) greedy corporations broadly is not that far down the list, but yeah, this particular problem that results from it is, yeah yeah
0: because it's like nowhere so candyman the new one excuse me Mr Macbeth the new one yeah, we're up to four <laughs> <laughs> I'm counting I've got
1: four fingers up um one more and we're dead
0: Mr maybe. Mr Macbeth the new one the Jordan Peel produced number is available on HBO Max
1: Max. Yeah, I forget where it was available. It was available somewhere, but have you seen that one?
0: I have not seen that one. I really want to see that yeah, one. Yeah,
1: me neither. And same, I was really, because that came out pretty recently. Uh, and like, we, I think, were talking about going to see it together at mm-hmm. one point. Um, and we just kind of missed it when it was in theaters, just yeah. one thing or another had us distracted so
0: yeah and if you folks want to hear that uh maybe we'll do it for the patreon we'll do yeah, a little that double would be hitter also
1: a great excuse to watch a movie we want to see anyway
0: exactly which is such a rarity for the patreon and i know we've been sort of not providing new content on that front but if you do want a wealth of other content that's patreon.com slash hanksy panksy will talk more about that in the back matter um yeah so that's sort of my relationship to mr Macbeth. Um, shit in the streaming services. That's what we were talking about. Yeah, it's just cable. Cable would be easier. Yeah. If I could pay 60 bucks a month and get, like, fucking Acorn TV rolled into the mix, Mm -hmm. I would do it. I'd do it in a heartbeat. Uh, Well, there
1: are so many services like Acorn TV that... You're not going to pay for for the two things that it will ever have that you want to see. But if it was rolled in because you're already paying for a bunch of others, then like, yeah, those two things would be great to have.
0: Yeah. If I needed to watch Grown Ups 2 (laughs) right now and fucking Tubi's the only place that has it. Then uh, that would be sick if it was just sort of included with everything. Yeah, I but, think we
1: may be picking bad examples because I don't know about Acorn TV, but Tubi is actually free.
0: Oh, okay. So, <laughs> I think there's another one called Fubo that Sam and I ran into the other day. Uh, is that one not free? I don't I, think they Fubo They all is. sound
1: the same. They really <laughs> do. Well, then
0: I found out we were eating uh, lunch the other day and the History Channel was on, which is a whole other thing. <laughs> Because the History Channel doesn't appear to do a whole lot of history. This was a William Shatner show where they, like, talk about unexplained shit. Yep. Read people that think they're, like, reincarnations of dead, probably Confederate, if Civil they War didn't generals. say, it's a good Confederate. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't specify the side of the Civil War general. And a lady who thinks she can see through bodies and stuff. And this is on the History Channel. But they got their own streaming service, the Archive.
1: Of course they do.
0: Yeah. So if you're subscribed to the archive, uh, <laughs> fucking send us an email.
1: I mean, I'm never going to be mad about history branching out from it. just more standard history content because that is what brought us the show Vikings, which I love.
0: Mm, Vikings is really good. I wonder if that's the only place you can view Vikings is on the history stream. No, I'm there.
1: pretty sure it's on. It was, it on, was Hulu. on Hulu. Yeah, yeah. you're right
0: oh it's a madhouse out there folks so uh, there is
1: no rhyme or reason to it
0: yeah if you've got a horrifying story about streaming services or if you're subscribed to the history channels premium uh streaming service shoot us an email hanksypanksypod at gmail.com uh anyway that's all that we're right on the 10 minute mark here so jackie what's the plot of mr Macbeth? (laughs)
1: Oh, before that, I do want to say why we're watching it.
0: Oh, shit. I totally forgot to mention that. Folks, it's a secret. And uh, we left you on a cliffhanger last week. <laughs> but uh, why why did we watch this one?
1: Well, okay. There are two parts to this question. Why are we watching? Why is it on the list? Yes. And why are we watching it this week? Um, so first of all, we are watching all of the movies referenced in Scream. This is on that list because, uh, I am not going to try to do a stew impression because no one can do Matthew Lillard other than Matthew Lillard. But, uh, since you branded him the Candyman, no, he's heartbroken. And we just hit five, but we I had five. to do it. Uh, let's see. Are we going to get stabbed?
0: Mm, seems clear.
1: Yeah, I think we're okay. So, um. Yeah, uh, it was a reference from Stu uh, in reference to Billy being accused of shenanigans early on in the movie uh, compares him to the Candyman. So we're past five, so I'm not going to worry about that.
0: Yeah, the damage has been done.
1: So, yeah, that is why it's on the list after last time when we were talking about Hellraiser. And I was like, I've never seen other Clive Barker stuff. And then, like, (laughs) an hour later, went, Hang on.
0: Wait a minute.
1: Uh, Candyman is based on a Clive Barker short story. So, uh, that is why it got bumped to this week.
0: Yes. And it was worth it. Yeah. Uh, It was was kind of nice to have a little thread. A little continuity between last week and this week's watch, as far as the Clive barker of it all goes. Yep. Um. Yeah, so do you want to break down the plot of Mr. Macbeth?
1: I can try. I may need help with this one. Um, yeah, okay. So we start out our, our final girl, sort of. Uh, Helen, as mentioned, is a grad student getting, I'm assuming, a PhD uh, in... Something Something. (laughs) uh, that has her and her friend and classmate, Bernadette, doing some serious research where they're interviewing a whole bunch of people on urban legends. And they come across an urban legend. It's set in Chicago. And they come across an urban legend about the candy which is kind of a mix of urban legends of like real life urban legends because we've got a bloody mary vibe mm-hmm. uh where you say his name in front of a bathroom mirror five times and he shows up behind you and kills you bloody mary style except it's five times and uh
0: which really quick in the original clyde barker wasn't it 13 times
1: i think that's what I read, yeah, which is a lot. I, I can see why for a movie you change that. You don't want people standing there saying it that many times. Yeah,
0: that's insane.
1: Uh, but yeah, so the that's the Bloody Mary half, and then the other half is the classic hook-handed killer uh, who kills people in like a parked car, urban legend. Mm. Uh, so we have a killer with a hook for a hand killing you if you say his name in front of a bathroom mirror too many times. And uh, there's like stories about people getting gutted by the hook uh, for doing this. Um, So then they find out that there is actually like a murder in Cabrini Green, the uh, projects in Chicago that fits the description of the Candyman killings. And it seems like someone came in through the medicine cabinet mirror and killed someone. Uh, and this was according to IMDb trivia again, you know, don't know how much to trust it, but this one seems legit. Uh, there was actually a murder in like housing of some kind in Chicago. I don't think it was Cabrini green, uh, that the killer came in through the medicine cabinet between apartments. Um, and murdered someone. So, Damn. Yeah, uh, pretty nightmare fuel just on its own because mm-hmm. that's, that's like a realistic thing that can actually happen and uh, is a, a serious weakness in the security of someone's home. So creepy already, and we haven't even gotten to, like, the weird shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Helen and Bernadette decide to go check out cabrini green and Mm -hmm. uh try to investigate this so
0: i can't remember is this before or after because well i think this is after
1: my sense of order in this movie may be off so
0: i think this is after helen and bernadette are in the bathroom and she's like helen to bernadette oh yeah do you believe and then (laughs) they do in fact say mr bergbeth
1: I, yeah I four think,
0: times, and then Helen pops the bubble yep. and says it a fifth time.
1: And Bernadette is like, why would you do that? Which is, that would be me. I am not like the person risking it while actually in the bathroom. Like yeah. just Because I'm not going to sleep that night. I'm going to wake up later and be like, I heard something. So, yeah. So they definitely do that, which can't help the rest of the movie, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Let's see, they go, um, they start looking into it. They're they're basically like trying to figure out if this whole medicine cabinet thing could be the source of the urban legend. Like they don't seem to buy into the supernatural stuff at all. They just are thinking, okay, this one murder that happened is probably the source of this story that's going around. Um, which is totally reasonable and makes a lot of sense. Uh, but they want to investigate whether that's like a thing that could have happened at Cabrini Green, I guess, at that point. Um, But also just kind of get some data for their project. So she goes in with a camera. She's taking a lot of pictures of the graffiti and of the, uh, like, empty apartment that they start just poking around in. Yeah. Um, And they find a medicine cabinet that they pry off, and there's a hole leading to, a like like
0: part of the building yeah yes yeah
1: which she climbs through and starts taking pictures and there is like art on the wall like a full-size mural of what i assume is the Candyman. man it's yeah. a guy with his mouth open and uh it's very creepy mm-hmm. it's a very well done like piece of set yeah uh and yeah so there and meanwhile um Bernadette is really nervous because there are a lot of gangs hanging out in the building and she wants to get the hell out of there. And she keeps pointing out that they look like cops, which (laughs) kind of cracked me up, honestly, because like, so Bernadette is black uh, and Helen is white. And so when Helen is like, meet me and dress conservatively, and then Bernadette finds out where they're going, she's like, what the hell? You made me dress like a cop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's great. <laughs> and they immediately, the folks at Cabrini Green immediately do think they're cops yes. and start shouting five O's" yes. here, everybody. <laughs> it was, it,
1: I did not expect that to be funny, but it was. It was pretty hilarious. Um, so they're so they're like. Bernadette is like, we gotta go. And Helen is like, no, I want to stay way longer than makes sense for a thesis yeah. <laughs> for my PhD. And they end up uh, talking to a woman that lives here. And uh, what was her name? It was... I
0: don't remember.
1: Ah, that's going to bug me. Um, And she has a baby and a dog, both of which will be relevant later in the movie. And she seems really nice and like they meet the baby and they talk to her about uh, this murder a little bit and they just kind of interview her and then I guess they leave I don't yeah I trying to remember yeah they leave. the sequence they of off. things at this point um but yeah uh Helen goes back on her own later and wants to talk to this woman again and ends up talking to uh is it her kid uh that we mostly don't see them together but is the the kid that woman kid?
0: jake N- jake yeah so jake is a just a loose ne'er-do-well yeah he's um, just a child that's around he's, he's just um, a kid i don't think he's related to the woman with the dog and the baby i think they just sort of get lumped together yeah they're, but no i think because they're jake,
1: together later but i couldn't tell if they were like
0: yeah no i think jake is just somebody else's kid
1: okay um yeah, so she meets this kid who says, oh yeah, the Candyman um, attacked this kid I know in the bathroom uh, and didn't kill him, but cut off his penis. Uh, he doesn't say it that way. I don't remember. Like, he talks around it. Yeah. Uh, because he's a child. Um, so he leads her to a, like, public bathroom that's, like, outside the building, and um, and really run down and she goes in to like look into that uh and while she's in there she gets attacked by a guy with a hook not for a hand he's just holding a hook um and he is there with like some gang members and they beat her up and uh Then the next thing we see is her at a police station picking out the guy from a lineup. Uh, So clearly she survived this encounter and she went to the cops and she gets the guy caught and the cop says, oh yeah, this is the Candyman. He definitely killed that woman. Uh, We've known about it for a while, but no one would testify. And basically confirms all of the theories that this was just a mundane murder Mm-hmm. But the legend kind of build up around it, and uh this was the killer. Um So, which of course, watching this movie and knowing that it's a supernatural slash slasher slash horror movie, uh
0: Little did they know We
1: know that's not true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um Yeah, this is where my memory of like what order things happened in starts to get fuzzy. So At some point, she starts seeing Candyman. Yeah. And I'm trying, and I don't remember exactly when that starts happening or under what circumstances. Can you help me out?
0: Yeah, I don't really remember either because basically she sees a bunch of bees in one of the toilets at this restroom before she gets attacked. Oh, yeah, that scene, yeah. Um, And then police station, she's chilling at the house. I think she starts to see him at the condo. At her and her shitty husband's condo.
1: Oh yeah, her husband is a professor who is pretty clearly having an affair with the student. Like it can, yeah. it's confirmed later, but you can kind of
0: like it's not subtle. Yeah, dude has no style. Uh, yeah, he's a really shitty husband,
1: and he's played by uh, Xander Berkeley, who is a character actor that frequently plays like just assholes. Yeah, <laughs> so he does it really well. He's a great actor.
0: Um, yeah. So she's at the condo and she starts seeing Candyman. Yeah. Um, Post jail, uh, post police station scene, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Eventually, and she's freaking out. And then uh, she eventually is back at the University of Illinois in Chicago, which is where she works or is getting her PhD or whatever, however you want to view it. And she's walking back to her car. And this is when we get the first full confrontation with Mr. Macbeth, Mm -hmm. which is uh, he says a bunch of stuff like, come to me. Be my victim. Yes. In he has that, a great voice. Yeah. Tony Todd? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tony Todd's voice is phenomenal. Um, and then she passes out.
1: She kind of goes into a trance. Yeah. It uh, goes into
0: like a fugue state.
1: Yeah. It's got like a Dracula hypnosis kind of vibe too. Yeah. Which I think is what they were going for. I read that that was explicitly what they were comparing this character to. So that makes mm. sense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, so she goes into a trance, she passes out, and she wakes up in, like, the worst possible nightmare. Like, I, it's hard to think of a worse situation to wake up in. Um, so she wakes up to screaming, and covered. she's covered in blood. Yeah. And she opens a door, and she sees the head of the woman that she'd met's dog in a pool of blood with a cleaver next to it. I'm curious what your thoughts are on her picking up the cleaver.
0: So, yeah, she picks up the cleaver. And then later this comes full circle with uh, her shitty husband's, uh, her, her, like, <laughs> paramour as okay. well. Um, but, yeah, instinctively, I guess she grabs the cleaver as a means of defense.
1: Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm very torn on this because, like, if you see a bloody murderer with a weapon right there, do you pick it up? Because, on the one hand, if the killer's still there, you don't want the killer to pick it up and use it on you. But on the other hand, what happens next could happen, which is someone thinking that you were the one. Yeah. It.
0: I think instinctively, I would not want to touch anything because I'm very scared of police.
1: Yeah, I think that's my instinct as well. I know too much about. How likely you are to be accused of something
0: yeah your story of i woke up here and was covered in blood makes a lot less sense if the police burst through the door and find you with a meat cleaver (laughs) which is exactly what happens so
1: yeah but she picks up the meat cleaver she runs into the other room and the woman is screaming over the empty but blood-covered crib yeah and uh sees helen And goes, you took my baby, where's my baby? And starts attacking her, totally reasonably. Completely fair. Like, at this point, you're like, yeah, fair. Like, with what you know, completely reasonable. Um, And Helen is trying to, like, fend her off and is still holding the cleaver uh, and is not attacking her with it, but is kind of, like, brandishing it. When the cops burst through the door, so yeah, this... I and mean, she
0: does use it a little bit on the woman.
1: Oh yeah, she cuts her arm. She cuts her
0: arm to like, get her attention, and then, but she is like the woman is on the ground, pinned down by Helen. Yeah, who has not like with intent. She just happens to have her arm up when the cops burst through the door. But it looks like she's about it to cleave. Very this woman much into looks the face. like
1: she is trying to murder this woman. Yeah, so uh, the cops uh, actually arrest the white woman in the room, which was. You know, a nice change. Yeah. Um,
0: (laughs) I mean, (laughs) sure.
1: uh, I'm curious. We can talk about it when we're done running through the plot. But I'm curious what you think about whether she actually did use the meat cleaver on the dog or not. I'm really
0: curious. Yeah, I hadn't considered that until just now. So I think that would be really cool to talk about.
1: Yeah. um, So because it's I think it's ambiguous and I, I think it's a really interesting thing to think about. But so she gets arrested uh obviously as she should at that point. Um one of the rare times you'll hear me acknowledging cops in a horror movie acting reasonably like this was yeah. a reasonable By pass. all
0: indications <laughs> Helen Dunn did it. Yeah. So.
1: Um so it is not their fault that they don't know that there's a supernatural hypnotizing monster that can move through walls. So anyway, um she Uh, goes to jail, spends the night in jail. Uh, Her husband comes to pick her up in the morning. There's a ton of press outside, so she's, like, hiding under his jacket from them, and he clearly thinks, like, somehow my wife got into this weird mess uh, Mm -hmm. and does not think, oh, she must have cleavered someone and kidnapped a baby. Um, But, yeah, so she kind of goes home and is presumably like awaiting trial and stuff like there's they haven't charged her yet because they don't have a body because the baby is still missing which is very important um and she's like okay well this was definitely candy man i'm trying to remember does she summon him again or does he just show up
0: he just shows up again he shows yeah up. he just starts showing up again as bernadette comes to the door yeah
1: so he shows up and is again like be my victim come to me all that um and then bernadette shows up and he kills bernadette yeah and we
0: don't see it but we do hear it we do
1: hear it yes and again she is left holding a weapon Mm -hmm. and it's it it does not look good
0: at this point she going to jail um
1: except that they actually have her committed instead which at again kind of makes sense at this point because she's not making sense. She's really out of it. She keeps going into these weird trances um, and then people end up gutted horribly. Yeah. And she's holding sharp objects. So she is kind of being drugged up in a hospital and Candyman keeps showing up and talking to her and uh, trying to get her to come to him and like help him kind of reestablish his legacy, I guess. Uh, He's speaking very poetically. So actually gauging his plan from it is, it's not always totally clear, Um, but he seems to want to like get his reputation as a scary dude back. Um, It's
0: almost like pagan deity rules. Like it sounds like he feeds off of the urban legend.
1: Also, I just realized uh, we... We missed talking about the backstory of Candyman because this got fed to us by uh, Mm. another professor um, who was such an asshole. Yeah,
0: Percival. (laughs) Just
1: hated him. Um, And uh, so, yeah, we there is like a story behind the Candyman. It's not just, okay. there's this murder. Uh, It was apparently the story started showing up in the late 19th century he was the son of a slave and he fell in love with a white woman and uh, some racist assholes killed him for it. But they killed him by cutting off his hand and then uh, sticking him out for bees to sting to death.
0: Yeah, which is why the bees are all over the place. Because yeah. You're like, it is a weird assortment of things. So guy in big 1800s clothes <laughs> has a hook. OK, cool. Bees.
1: Yes. And actual bees, because they didn't CGI those bees. Those are just bees. They just had a bee wrangler on set, (laughs) Um, breeding bees just for this.
0: Who in my head is this? Like guy in a big old ten gallon who's like, "Yeah, wrangle the bees. (laughs) Give me my bees. I'll go put them over here inside your mouth."
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um.
1: Apparently, Tony Todd negotiated a bonus of a thousand dollars per bee sting. (laughs)
0: And he got stung like 12 times. So 23. 23 is like a good paycheck right there. Yeah, not
1: bad. Not people bad did, as a bonus.
0: People do fear factor for a lot less it's money. It's true. So. <laughs>
1: um, and they were like baby bees so that they don't sting as much and it's not as bad if they do. Uh, but it's still fucking bees in your mouth.
0: Yeah, bees in your mouth Ugh. is uh, my and they favorite had... uh, system of a down record. <laughs> not a great place to be.
1: They had a little bee vacuum to get them back, apparently.
0: Which I find adorable. Just <laughs> a like little a little teeny- vacuum that
1: doesn't hurt the bees. <laughs> <laughs> they just
0: vacuum. Them. Who made this? It was like, I need to hoover up a bunch of bees. I got I have so many bees. Like, it's unbelievable. And All I, these
1: bees. I mean
0: I need to hoover them up, but I want to do it in a way that doesn't hurt my little bee guys. Yeah. Just
1: so, little furry bee guys. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh anyway. I'm not entirely sure what Candyman's plan actually is, uh, but he wants her to become part of his legend, basically. And he keeps trying to tempt her to become this very specific, weird kind of immortal with him, which is that because he's just a rumor, he can kind of just half exist, yeah. but he's immortal and has lots of power. So he's using this as kind of... It's very... Dracula, the more I think about it, the more mm. I hear the, like, come join me, we will be immortal together and yeah. feed on life. <laughs> uh, so that that's kind of the vibe we're going for. Uh, it's kind of seduction, uh, but not as explicitly sexy necessarily uh, as, like, a Dracula interpretation usually gets. Sure. But... But it's definitely there. Um, And we can talk about the fact that this is a Clive Barker story. So I'm guessing that part was in the short story. I haven't read it. Yeah. Yeah. We can talk about it. So anyway, she ends up in this hospital, drugged up. It turns out she's there for like a month.
0: Yeah, they say a month.
1: Yeah. And she's just been seeing him this whole time and being super out of it. And the doctor is being, like, super condescending to her. And, you know, I don't really like this guy. He's keeping her drugged and he's yeah. not, like, terribly trustworthy. Uh, and he's not super believing her. But her reaction to this meeting yeah. is maybe a little harsh.
0: Yeah. Well, it's a good thing you don't like him because Candyman does burst through him, basically. Well,
1: yeah, because her, her response is to... This is the first time she deliberately summons him. Mm -hmm. She looks over, sees a mirror, and goes, all right, you know what? I got to get out of here. I don't like the situation, and I got to give in to this thing. Oh, part of this whole seduction to join him is that uh, he has the baby, so he is going to, if she comes to him, he (laughs) will release the baby, and the baby will live. So that's a big part of this whole thing, Um, which makes her decision-making... Uh, much more reasonable at this point because mm-hmm. she is like, all right, fine, I'll take the deal. Uh, says his name five times. He kills the doctor, jumps through the window. Oh, cuts her restraints off, jumps through the window, and she's like, I, I guess I gotta just look like I killed this guy too. So she climbs out the window and escapes the hospital. Um, she it, it's more complicated. She like steals the nurse's clothes and sneaks out. Uh, and all of that. So uh, she gets out, and she, like, goes back to Cabrini Green. Or, no, first she goes to her apartment condo.
0: Which is stupid. She does two simultaneously. One thing is incredibly smart, going to Cabrini Green. Who would think to look for her in a housing project in Chicago? Uh, Especially as, like, the scene of the crime Yeah. So she goes to hide out in the derelict part of that uh, building. The other thing she does is goes right to her former address, which is about as, like, you can just hear Raylan Gibbons. To her
1: husband that, like, definitely had her committed.
0: Yeah, had her committed and has shacked up with his student. Yes. But you can just hear Raylan Gibbons driving there (laughs) saying, like, well, we're going to go check her previously listed address. (laughs) (laughs) Like. If this was a Justified episode, she would have been shot about 10 minutes into the episode. Yeah, so.
1: it's true. Um, so
0: Shout so, out to Justified, a uh, phenomenal such a good TV show. show. Go watch <laughs>
1: Justified. Uh, so yeah, she does go back. She finds the student that she suspected her husband was having an affair with, definitely having an affair with her husband in their condo and repainting the condo. mm mm-hmm. uh, which, in fairness, there was a really ugly murder there, so I probably would want to repaint, too. Yeah. Um, just, you know. Yeah. Try to change up your memories a little bit. They, it is, like, a pink, which I'm not sure I it's would go It's like for. human
0: body interior pink. Yeah. Which is gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, not my not my first choice in mm-hmm. those circumstances, uh, but I do find the scene really funny because she gets there and this student that's having an affair with her professor and I don't it's probably a grad student. It could be an undergrad uh, it they don't say I don't think Um but she is terrified of Helen, and it's hilarious. Yeah,
0: Helen has all the power in this. Helen
1: walks in, and obviously this girl thinks that Helen is, like, a serial killer who keeps gutting people. But she's, like, huddling in a corner with her paint roller <laughs> in front of her. And it's just, it's It's funny. so good. Um, and she, she's like, Trevor! You're... Your wife is here, so uh, yeah, he comes out and he's kind of freaked out because obviously he's like unsettled by Helen yeah. as well. Um, so yeah, uh, she like threatens them into not calling the hospital or the cops, and then leaves and goes to Cabrini Green, I guess. That yeah. Point. Um. So she's looking for uh, Candyman, and she's looking for the baby. Mm-hmm. So she goes into like the derelict part of the building and she finds Candyman's lair. Uh, I'm guessing he gave her directions during the month that she was just like having drugged <laughs> conversations with him. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's not totally clear what happens at this point. Uh, He like is carrying her around in like a bridal carry Mm -hmm. at one point. And um does he stab her? I'm trying to remember like exactly. I think he does, but it's all very kind of dreamlike at this point. Yeah. Um and uh he's still talking about like her joining him in this weird immortal liminal space and stuff. Um and uh but then, I guess she accuses him of tricking <coughs> her because the baby doesn't get found or something. I don't.
0: Yeah. Can you Stuff, fill in gaps here? Yes. My memory Stuff is a happens. Bit... There's a lot of conversation. There's bees mm-hmm. everywhere, including oh yeah, they get out. covered
1: in bees. That's, yeah, she gets covered bee in part. bees.
0: <laughs> this is the bee part. Uh, of he this.
1: opens his shirt, and you can see his rib cage, and it's full of bees. It's
0: full of bees. Bees. Uh, a little arrested development joke never gets old. Um yeah, she wakes up in the trash heap, which is uh basically a whole lot of like interaction happens between her and Mr. Macbeth, and then she wakes up in the bonfire trash heap outside Cabrini Green.
1: Yeah. And she well, she climbs in there because she figures out the baby is Oh in
0: right, there. she hears the baby, so she crawls in. So
1: she crawls in and she's holding a hook.
0: She's holding weapons at very inconvenient yes, times.
1: She is. Um, And the kid sees her climb in there holding a hook. And he starts yelling to everyone in the building, I just saw the candy man. He's in there. Mm -hmm. So they're like, oh, good time to set it on fire. Yeah. So they burn it. And she's in there. And so is the baby. Yeah. Uh, And she gets to the baby. And she basically sacrifices herself, crawling out, trying to save the baby from the bonfire. Yeah. And she is fully on fire. You made the in retrospect like perfect comparison cuz she really looks like anakin skywalker
0: she, in this moment did say anakin yeah but she looks like she's been to mustafar and she has really been does. fucked up
1: yes um she her hair is all burned off and she's just yeah she is gone um and the people realize she's holding she's a like human and holding a baby and they start putting out the fire and they save baby and the baby's mom comes and gets the baby yeah. and realizes like oh kind of figured out i assume not all of what happened <laughs> but kind of the general okay she was actually trying to help yeah and not the one that took the baby um she kind of put some of that together at that point it seems like and helen dies and then yep. we cut to her funeral um where the the priest gives a speech that's like let's set aside the shit she did for a minute she's still a person (laughs) (laughs) like it was a very political way of talking about like
0: someone that's uh, presumed to be a serial killer yeah uh
1: and we see her like They made, they did the best they could with like flowers covering up her burned head and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But she's in the coffin and she's not looking so good. Uh, And the funeral is attended by like her husband, her husband's girlfriend, the asshole professor that talked about Candyman's backstory. Yeah. And like, that's kind of it. And then uh, they look over and it looks like the entire building full of people at cabrini green have shown up to her funeral with uh the kid and the mom with the baby in the front yeah um paying their respects and they drop uh candy hook into the grave
0: which i thought was an interesting thing
1: which was a very interesting choice um and uh yeah they're they just kind of make all the white people look super uncomfortable, which was also kind of satisfying oh, entertaining. Oh yeah, great <laughs> um, time. And uh, and then we get a little bit more because we get to see what Trevor and his girlfriend are up to <laughs> later on uh, to end the movie kind of satisfyingly. Um,
0: yeah, Trevor is, is rightfully, or not rightfully, he's putting pieces together and realizing that Helen was probably pretty great and he had a good thing going
1: because his that new maybe girlfriend is.
0: He's like I'm sorry. one. He's, she is
1: really bad at knife safety, and it really upset me. She,
0: there's this whole scene where she has a knife and she's asking him. He's in the bathroom, locked away, and she's in the kitchen <laughs> making dinner. She is whacking the sharp end of a knife against her hand. Yeah, like, like, like the way people do with like a baseball bat yes, or whatever.
1: Yes, it's <laughs> with a butcher knife. With
0: a butcher knife, she'd have no skin left. It. Or meat.
1: It really bothers me. So, like, I guess it's the dullest butcher knife on the planet. But even if it's dull, you don't whack yourself with it.
0: <laughs> but anyway, he's in the bathroom putting it together that maybe... He's a Reddit account away from posting an am I the asshole post. Yeah,
1: and he's, like, missing his wife and crying about it and his girlfriend is like why are you crying
0: yeah she's being kind of a dick which yeah i love this trope which is i don't know there's gotta be a word for it but like floozy is specifically professors like professors in movies that get with a student and the student is always this like ditzy like vindictive (laughs) 20 year old they find like the worst person in ohio or whatever (laughs) the worst transfer from dayton (laughs) who's just like such a raging jerk
1: yeah yeah she's because
0: yeah she's freaking out and he's freaking out and she's really mad about it
1: yeah it's it's a weird reaction to like you're you just went through a lot of weird shit with your wife yeah. uh what's wrong with you
0: mm-hmm. help <laughs> like, me make this salad trevor
1: yeah um but it's it makes for a great scene because of course he's crying about his dead wife in a bathroom and and so he's crying her name and he cries her name multiple times. Five you, times. You, to you kind be of precise. start figuring out where this is going after the first two times and then by the time he hits five, she appears behind him and, and guts him like a fish. Guts him like a fish. And then the girlfriend comes running in holding that butcher knife mm-hmm. and we get some really good screams out of her. I think she was cast for her screaming ability. It we got impressive. two
0: phenomenal screams. So,
1: yeah. So, yeah, that was... So, basically, Helen is now another Candyman figure that you can summon by saying her name. I don't know how often people... Like, I don't know if that story is going to get around.
0: Yeah. No one ever... It's just... It doesn't have the same gravitas. Yeah. Saying Helen into a mirror five times.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it really doesn't. Um, But, yeah, that is the movie uh, in broad strokes. Sorry, I got a little meandery there it's it's a kind of a weird movie um which i would like to talk about because it's i would argue not the slasher movie that it keeps being claimed to be
0: yeah well before we do that we have to answer a simple question which is jackie what do you think of it
1: oh man uh i have not prepared for this so you go first and let me think about it first
0: i think this movie is bronze as in it's probably my third favorite horror film.
1: Oh, damn. Okay. This we, one, we have meddled. Nice. Yeah.
0: It's a meddling, it's a winner on the, excuse me, on the podium. Um, Yeah, I like it for so many reasons, but I think one of the main reasons is that it has so much substance to it. Yeah. Because I think it is, uh, it involves race in a really cool way. Yeah. Uh, but even beyond that, just like there's this whole undertow of like what part of horror is like urban legend like Mm -hmm. why do people believe in these things like like you said the hook killer that roams like lovers lanes at night to murder people yeah it's like a really pervasive at least in america uh urban legend and they really contrast or, like, they, they draw this comparison between these kinds of urban legends and uh, a way to cope with the bad shit that happens in your life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and so, like, this pervasive fear that you feel growing up in a place like Capri... Caprici? Not Capri, Cabrini. Cabrini. thank you. Cabrini salad. <laughs> Cabrini green. Um, they, con- they compare these two things of, like, growing up with this fear and dread Mm-hmm. Um, because of your surroundings and then finding a way to like offload that psychologically speaking by blaming it on the candy man uh instead of like the systemic problems uh and it's just it's got a heft to it yeah and we were comparing it and again i hate to bash on halloween but <laughs> you compare it to halloween which is kind of just about babysitters getting ganked
1: yeah yeah i Yeah, definitely want to make that comparison. Mm -hmm. I have my word, though, and it is kind of echoing a lot of what you were saying, um, which is layered.
0: Layered. Because
1: this is only the second time I've watched it, but I went to, we watched it last night. We aren't recording immediately after watching this time. And I went to bed last night and I was having trouble sleeping just because I was starting a new job and, you know, my brain wouldn't shut up. And what my brain wouldn't shut up about was Candyman. Nice. And I I was, like, probably two-thirds asleep, so I don't think I was thinking anything, like... Spoopy? I wasn't thinking anything spooky. I also wasn't thinking anything, like, well-thought-out or mm-hmm. rational. I just, like, <laughs> it stuck with me. It was yeah. just kind of, like, there's just a lot of different layers. Because the first time I saw it, I think I came away and went, that wasn't what I was expecting. And I didn't spend a ton of time digging deeper um and i i feel like this time going in knowing that it wasn't gonna be like whatever i originally expected the first time i watched it was able to like see what it actually was instead mm. of what i expected it to be in the difference from right. that um and I'm just seeing, like, every time I think about it, I think about a different aspect of it. I'm peeling back, like, all of these different pieces of it. And there's just so much going on. And, mm-hmm. again, I'm like something like Halloween. And I I feel like it, it's interesting because when people put Candyman on the list of slasher villains. Yeah. I He is in-universe a slasher villain. Like yeah. he fits all the criteria of like someone supernatural in this case. They don't they're not always, but they're usually supernatural, who kills people in bloody ways because of like Trauma. Trauma or <laughs> weird
0: reasons. Stuff therapy would help with.
1: Um. <laughs> um and with like a creative weapon and uh but like there's even the element of they kinda of bring it on themselves, which varies slasher to slasher what that means and whether that's true, but um but I don't think the movie is a slasher movie. I think it's a movie with a slasher villain, but it's not a slasher movie, would be my current interpretation. Uh, but like I've been thinking about this for like twenty-four hours now, and mm-hmm. I don't really have a way to encapsulate this movie in anything in any like simple terms. Which yeah. which brings me to wanting to talk about it in comparison to Hellraiser, because I oh. had the same feeling about Hellraiser of like this is its own thing.
0: Yeah. Which we talked at length about that in the Hellraiser episode, but like they're both they're horror films. Yes. They're both definitively horror movies, whatever that means to whoever you might be. Um but yeah, they, they strike they just march to the beat of a different drum mm-hmm. than a lot of, like, standard slasher movies. Because I, I think you have a hard time making Candyman, sorry, Mr. Macbeth, a um slasher villain. We're I think,
1: already dead by that standard. Yeah, we? we're
0: already dead. Um, I think it's difficult to cast Candyman as a straight-up slasher villain. It is even harder to make Pinhead a slasher villain. Yeah. Pinhead isn't. Like, no. for the most part. But I think Hellraiser gets lumped in with the slasher movies.
1: Yeah, because he has, like, a recognizable villain face. So yeah. they're able... When they're doing merch and they're doing a t-shirt with a bunch of horror villains, it's all the slasher villains and Pinhead.
0: <laughs> yeah. I almost think, though, with Candyman... Because we talked at length about, like, how Hellraiser is, like, an exploration of, like, kink in a very specific way that's not Fifty Shades of Grey friendly.
1: mm mm-hmm.
0: uh, This one is a totally different thing like from from the same guy clive barker it's it's a completely different story which really speaks to the breadth of like storytelling ability that the guy has and then obviously the director and crew did a great job executing on the film um yeah but his
1: one big difference from hellraiser being that clive barker didn't write or direct the movie
0: yeah 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 he just wrote the short story that this is based on and apparently the original short story was set in Liverpool and it was a class thing.
1: Yeah, so it was kind of a similar setup with like housing projects or council estates. Council estates, yeah. Um, but there wasn't a racial component just because the setting was different. So the the class difference was what he was focusing on. And when they decided to make it set in the states, they were like, "Well, this is the U.S. Uh, yeah. We can't not have when you're having like the projects, you can't have race not not play into a part it, this. yeah. Like so, they they leaned into that and they uh, made that explicitly part of the backstory and everything,
0: which I think um, was a hundred percent, maybe a thousand percent, the right move. Um,
1: it was really interesting now we are both white and are really not uh the people to ask about whether like they did it well because as far as i know the writer and director and folks were also not black so Mm. they're um there's but i've heard people say that it's kind of white saviory i don't necessarily see that um but yeah i i want to say like i am not going to say there's nothing like problematic about this but it doesn't i I don't know i'm i think it was a really interesting choice and i think avoiding making that choice would have been worse
0: yes Um, yeah it just doesn't sell as well and i was the only thing i was going to say about it was just that compare let's compare Candyman to charles lee ray slash mm -hmm. aka chucky okay um Charles D. Ray's thing is he kind of just likes murdering people. Yeah. And he likes voodoo. Uh, and eventually he kind of likes being a doll. Um, yeah. To a degree. Uh, or being a vessel. He so just kind
1: of likes chaos. He likes the murder. chaos. Yeah. Uh,
0: Candyman's story, on the other hand, like, has historical backing in a way that is, like, really hefty. And gives him motivations that are really cool. Because, like...
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about his motivations. because Yeah. I feel like um, it's, I don't know that I'm totally clear on what his motivations are, I guess, is what I'm saying. Because after his death, it feels like he's a different dude. I mean, he's got, and this kind of carries over with Helen, like the brief glimpse we get her of her after the bathroom summoning. Yeah. Like, that's not the helen that we've been hanging out with all movies she is like haha i'm gonna kill someone horribly um which okay she could be pissed she could just be pissed at her husband that's
0: i think there is that but i also think it goes back to that that undercurrent like i think it's a they become these like metaphorical limbo people mm -hmm. that are direct representations of like sometimes life is shitty yeah and, like, they are a very visceral, bloody representation of that. Um, but, like, they, they represent the, like, the true chaos versus, like, Chucky chaos, which is, like, just a crazy, like, Heath Ledger type person. Yeah. Ledger as the Joker. Like, I like the chaos. Uh, like, genuinely, like, life is chaotic and sometimes very bad. Mm-hmm. And so they're, like, direct forces that are kind of neutral like they serve a function yeah um they're compelled to do a certain thing because of their past traumas well it's
1: it's interesting because the way you're talking about them um feels more like they're not people at that point they're more like forces or stories that have uh force (laughs) um, behind them which is a really interesting take i think i and i really like it because it it do, what it doesn't seem like is ghosts.
0: No. Yeah, Candyman's way more like flesh and blood than yeah. a lot of And he uh, doesn't
1: seem to be like, "Hey, I am this dude that got murdered for loving a white woman, like therefore I'm, you know, mad at the pe peop- the descendants of the people who killed me or something Freddy Krueger style." Like yeah. there's no direct backstory to motivation through line. There are Thematic parallels uh, like the way he's going after Helen and kind of suggesting that maybe she looks like the woman that he was in love with or something. Yeah,
0: they, they kind of vaguely imply that. I was yeah. going to bring that up.
1: Um, But like for the most part, he really does seem to be trying to go for the existence as this urban legend Candyman character not the like the person that he was when he was alive.
0: Yeah. In any way. Yeah. I think they're totally different. I think whatever this process looks like kind of transforms them. Yeah. Um,
1: Which is really interesting. It's very cool for like that as the source of a movie, a horror monster. Yeah.
0: I guess that's what I mean by having heft. Like it just feels different. It feels like it's playing a different ball game than like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, or something like that, yeah, uh, yeah, it just which it is has on some, our list, which is on the list, <laughs> and I have said it now, so I don't know, um <laughs> <laughs> the face Jackie made. Oh, uh, I don't <laughs> I don't like that movie. It's uh, it's
1: not because I don't think it's a good movie. It, it just literally gives me a headache.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Great review. <laughs> One out of five stars gave me a raging migraine. So yeah.
1: it's done that the two times I've watched it, so I i think it's the movie. I don't think it's a coincidence, but yeah. I could be wrong.
0: Um Yeah. Well, we have to bang through some stuff pretty quickly. Uh notably jackie did we see boobs kind of i think we saw yeah well there's the bathtub scene where we did definitely see boobs
1: um oh yeah well i was gonna say there's the scene where she has to strip for the cops when she's covered in blood and there's yeah. like a, a really long drawn out very uncomfortable scene where she has she's covered in blood And she, you see her mostly from behind in the side. So you're seeing side boob and she has to like lift up her boobs to make sure she's not hiding weapons under there or something. So, um, that was kind of the anti boob in some ways. Like you are not enjoying.
0: No, which is what I was going to say about the boobage. I love that. This is just like a goofy, like a doofy bit. Yeah. But actually has like a lot of relevance, um, because i would say that the nudity in this movie hits very differently than the others and i think it's because it's almost like it is either humanizing her or it's showing us like it's like reducing her to the the nuts and bolts the um, meat the meat of the matter like cuz in the cop station like you said it's really denigrating yeah. like she's going through a really bad experience yeah um and where she's got nothing and that's kind of a running theme with helen is like losing trevor because he's an asshole and doesn't stand by her um which you can debate the not standing
1: thing. by her is yeah. not why we call him an asshole no
0: no no the <laughs> rampant cheating beforehand yeah. and then pretty quick abandonment of his wife um anyway he, yeah <laughs> they uh was I talking about yeah it just like it's it's more thematic than a lot of nudity has Mm -hmm. been up to this point it's not like girls in the locker room prancing around naked like in carrie
1: yeah Um, it doesn't feel like oh we're doing this to make sure we get our target audience yeah make
0: sure the the something for the lads is included no it's like way more artsy than that so um yeah and then uh another quick question this one's hard, and I think this is why this movie sticks out, because the question, what's your favorite kill, mm-hmm. doesn't really apply to this one?
1: Oh, I still have an answer.
0: Oh, okay, is it the doctor?
1: No, it's Trevor.
0: Trevor! Trevor getting gutted at that the is end villain. Yeah, yeah,
1: those are the fun kills. Most of the kills in this movie you were genuinely like. I don't want this to happen.
0: Yeah, um,
1: which is why I don't feel like it's a slasher movie.
0: I would go so far if I if I might be so bold.
1: Mm-hmm. Please do.
0: I would say that this movie is proto-elevated horror.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay.
0: Yeah, in the sense that
1: I still hate that term, but <laughs> I
0: do too. Yeah, because um, elevated horror just means like it made it mainstream. And we don't want to admit that we liked a horror movie. Yeah. Um, but I would say it, sticking to the hypothetical idea that elevated horror like has deeper themes. Let's call it Hitchcockian. This movie has some Hitchcock vibes to it. It kind of does. Yeah. And yeah, that it has it has more to say than just like look at all these dead babysitters. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it does.
1: Bees.
0: It's covered in Bees. Which is, I think, makes it harder to be like, "What's your favorite kill?" Because you're right. Like when Bernadette gets ganked, that shit is brutal.
1: Yeah, I was not okay with that. I really liked Bernadette. Yeah, I knew Bernadette it was coming. Was great. But
0: yeah. Yeah. Versus, I mean, it's like saying, "What's your favorite kill?" In Hereditary, it'd be like, yeah, <laughs> it's not good, man. It's rough. It's rough stuff. Um. So that's just what made me think of like elevated horror. Um. But yeah, rejecting that term. I would say it's got some Hitchcock vibes to it that sort of make it a little hard. Uh, But my favorite kill is, of course, the doctor. Yeah. Uh, Because the face he makes when Candyman starts unzipping him (laughs) is fucking hilarious.
1: It's true, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I do. I enjoy the characters that, like, knew what was happening. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But I don't. I don't know. I feel like we could talk about this movie for another hour.
0: Yeah, probably. Easily.
1: Um, but it's there's just so much going on with this movie, and like we barely touched on a lot of things. Yeah, like, it's it's so it's so interesting. I really liked it. I, I haven't. I realized I haven't actually said. It's really good.
0: Yeah, this movie is awesome. The
1: second viewing, I enjoyed it a lot more. I still enjoyed it the first time I watched it, but like I but really. But you're dealing with some
0: hype, hype taint. Yeah,
1: that it's hard to get past that even when you're trying consciously to get past it. Um, but I think what I really am dying to do right now is watch the remake. I really, or the yeah. recall. I Requel. I think it's a Requel um, to steal a Scream Requel Scream term. 5. 5, term. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, So it's a a requel being something that is kind of a reboot because it hasn't been made in many years, but is technically a sequel because it takes place in the same universe at a later date. Yeah. Uh, I think the new Candyman was a requel. I don't know because I haven't watched it yet. But if we watch it for the Patreon, then we can report back on whether it actually Mm. is a requel or not.
0: Hmm yeah was there we definitely were long is there anything else that you would like to just sort of hash out about candy man
1: oh man probably but nothing's popping in my head right this second so okay. we should probably wrap it up
0: okay well folks thanks for listening to another episode of hanksy Panksy. horror hut oh and that's the last time i can do that voice my throat uh yeah back matters stuff if you want more content uh, especially me and Sam content well he's out on uh, parental leave I was going to say Patreon leave Uh, it's <laughs> not a Patreon leave no 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 but if you go to patreon.com slash Panksy, you can throw us like a fourth of a latte and get just a mountain of stuff Um, yeah some Dwayne the Rock Johnson related content some Tom Hanks stuff uh, we reference Star Wars in this episode. We do cover all of the Star Wars movies together.
1: Get the rest of their thoughts on Anakin.
0: <laughs> you can get all of our juicy thoughts about Anakin and Mustafar and that whole high ground scene. Um Yeah, otherwise, uh, if you throw us enough money, you can be one of Hanks' heroes. And that's Tuck. And that's Daniel... Uh, thanks, fellas, for for contributing as always. And um, if you were about to say Candyman for a fifth time, I would warn you, but I let you decide because you have free will and agency. <laughs> um, yeah. Otherwise, we're on socials. Uh, just Google us for your favorite one. We are not on Twitter though, because Elon Musk uh thinks that um hmm. He's he he's uh he actually played the, the Dick Hall uh professor that's so oh, super yeah. condescending to Helen in this movie. That was Elon Musk. So we don't the like The guy him. we all wanted to punch. Yeah, he's got such a punchable face, uh hypothetically speaking. Uh yeah, that'll do it for us uh, this week. Next week we're gonna return with uh <laughs> full disclosure, haven't talked about it. Don't yep. know, we'll figure it out. <laughs> so, You'll
1: see or here. Yep. Do you have a final quote this week?
0: I do. And uh, we sort of ruined the effect of it, but it is Candyman, 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 Candyman. Yep. Still haven't been stabbed. So. All right, folks. We'll check you next week.